When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Bitcoin maximalists trying to make sense of the sea of shitcoins. This is Shitcoin Insider. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to Shitcoin Insider. This is episode two, and we have the insider back on the show, my co-host, and we are digging Digging into the forks of Bitcoin today. There is so much going on, and actually there is a major news uh, news event that just dropped, I think yesterday actually, which is literally the day after we recorded this. So um, I'm actually just going to tack on a short conversation at the end to just drop what has just happened in BSV. Um, which is just, it's a little scary, to be perfectly honest, um, particularly with the amount of money that is on the BSV network. Um, but also, just in the spirit of this show, I gotta say, it's a little bit funny um, and uh, very indicative of shitcoins. Uh, so uh, without further ado, let's go ahead and just get into our episode with our insider talking all about the sorry state of Bitcoin Cash Bitcoin, Satoshi's vision, and all the other forks of Bitcoin. This is episode two, The Pungent Smells of a Bitcoin Fork. Got my uh, amazing co-host here for Shitcoin Insider, and we're going to be talking about uh, the really big news, the really big news that's going on. Like everybody else is distracted with the election, but if you'll notice, the S&P 500, the Dow, and the NASDAQ have had an amazing week on the news of the Bitcoin Cash hard fork. Um, and uh, I think we're going we're gonna to get into this. We're going to talk about all the forks of Bitcoin. Uh, there are about, I don't know, 50 or so that are of no consequence, but then there are some fun ones. Just really have some magical stuff going on right now. So uh, uh, thank you for uh, joining me again on this show. Uh, and, uh, you know. Thank you guys for listening to Shitcoin Insider. What's up, man? Hey, man. Yeah. Uh, looking forward to another episode. Awesome. So um, uh, for everybody who doesn't know, uh, do you have a what's your what's your general rundown of uh, Bitcoin Cash since that's a, that's the news item right now? Um, well, uh, if somebody didn't know anything at all or even somebody who kind of knows, but maybe wasn't there in 2017 or wasn't paying attention to politics, um, the uh, Bitcoin Cash was a um, well-publicized fork back, I think it was uh, August the 1st, uh, 2017. And um, at the time, there were a very small minority of Bitcoiners who had been arguing for uh, larger blocks, um, despite the fact that it would lead to more centralization. Um, yeah, the, 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 um, the, uh, what a call it that uh, that idea got kind of co-opted by some of the larger companies in the space like coinbase and um, bitpay and uh, several mining pools and mining manufacturers like bitmain 
Um, and there were a the biggest, lot of the services and exchanges and stuff. Yeah, all really of the biggest the New York agreement that was. Yeah, the, all of the all the biggest the entire system. ecosystem. Like people say, if the ecosystem, you know, decided to like go against Bitcoin, they could. Well, this was the ecosystem decided to go against Bitcoin, and trying to make a move that would give themselves more control over the network. Um, they wanted to also replace the core dev team uh, and kind of like uh, sneakily put their own you know, little contractors in, um, giving the miners essentially full control. Uh, Coinbase had their own ideas. They didn't, um, Brian uh, didn't, uh, he didn't specifically say who he wanted to replace Core, but he definitely was like uh, flirting with, um, like he didn't want Core, like they wanted everybody, Coinbase wasn't necessarily holding hands with with companies like Bitmain, but they all had their own plans. They all wanted their own control. And so, uh, that was like a subplot to Bitcoin Cash. Maybe I'm already getting a little too deep here. But a subplot <laughs> to Bitcoin Cash uh, was uh, really a more of a, like, you know, Coinbase wants control of Bitcoin. Bitmain, the miners, want control of Bitcoin. Like, whoever gets to kind of put in their people uh, get to control Bitcoin. But but the, I guess the, the outside angle to the normies was, hey, we're going to make bigger blocks. That way uh, you guys can have cheaper fees. Yeah, I think I think Armstrong is still crazy bitter about it. Like, I mean, he goes out of his way not to mention Bitcoin when he's talking about this stuff. Um, and uh, uh, what was funny about this all to me is how much like even even today, it's like the framing is all off, you know, like from the Bitcoin cash side, uh, it was all it all seemed like it was about bigger blocks versus smaller blocks. And that is always the way it's positioned. Whereas um, always the concern, I mean, SegWit ended up making bigger blocks, but always the fundamental concern from the other side was whether or not we politically decide how to fundamentally change the consensus rules or not. Is that, are we, are we letting just a bunch of companies get together and say, this is the future of the protocol and you know we're just going to do this and you don't really have a choice um are we going to politicize changes to the consensus rules is this going to be an immutable reliable foundational technology or is this going to just be a political tool that just gets tossed around in the winds based on which company's running it right now you know what i mean mm-hmm. um and see so, yeah not changing is so important but uh um i don't know how you want to structure the this because there's so much i I, oh there's so much to get into there's so much to get into well uh with uh so so bitcoin sv so the bitcoin cash got their bigger blocks right they went to what did they fork off with immediately was it eight megabytes Uh, eight eight at first if i'm not mistaken and then quickly to 32 which is where i think they are now they've got two they've got two two gigabytes on the roadmap either two gigabytes or two terabytes on the roadmap i forget which I think it's two, two gigabytes terrible. on the roadmap. Are you, are you shitting me? I think it's two gigabytes on the roadmap. Let me... Dude, look that up. I got to know. Um, but uh, what's hilarious is that, like, they never filled an eight megabyte block. Like, when they forked a 32, like, they just keep increasing it. And uh, the the hand, the, what was it? Hand cash? Hand, hand dot cash or something like that? Um, which, what are you talking about? There's a, to... uh, just recently, um, it was uh Oh no! I had this in the bag. So there's a there's a BSV wallet called Handcash, but I don't think it's what you're trying to talk about right now. Oh, that was a BSV wallet. Okay, mm-hmm. okay. I thought I thought this was Bcash, but there was a basically there was a string of like 10 megabyte blocks, 
uh, 10 or like 12 megabyte blocks or whatever that were just chock full because of some thing that was just, I'm not sure if it was spamming out or there was like just a whole bunch of activity. And they would get to where to verify a block, it took over the 10 minute block time. And it was tiny blocks, tiny blocks in comparison to like what they're talking about. I mean, uh, there have been a, a lot of really good examples of um, how it doesn't actually work, how it's just marketing. So their their um, white papers are not white, but their roadmap says adaptive block size, market driven growth to one terabyte blocks, um, which you could do some very basic maths to very quickly point out that that's completely impossible without like a very uh, highly scalable uh, like cloud computing, like like AWS or something. You're not going to do that yeah, in your really house. Absurd. Yeah. You're not going to do that in your house. There's no way you're going to do that in your house. Um, you know, even if you spent a lot of money, um, you're going to have to pay some big company, and you're going to have to pay millions of dollars a year for that uh, for that kind of um, uh, bandwidth. But or not just the bandwidth, but the storage itself. That's another big scaling issue that people don't even talk don't talk about very much, and they should. You know, just like even Bitcoin has this problem where, um, you know, people talk about, well, hard drives are going to be cheap in the future. Well, they're already not getting cheap enough to make it easy enough for one megabyte blocks that we have now. Yeah. Um, like when we're, like, we're hitting those like 1.3, 1.5, you know, megabyte blocks or whatever. The, 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 um, it takes takes days to sync. That's, you know, yeah, yeah. nobody should be okay with days to sync. Ideally, the the growth of, uh, you know, cheaper hard drive, pure faster hard drives and internet would be such that we would, you know, decrease that time to sync um, with our, without changing block size. But so far it hasn't happened. So increasing blocks is just uh, kind of crazy. But um, since we're already kind of, you know, too big. Um, but are you going Luke uh, Jr. on me? Are you... <laughs> well, I'm not saying we should change them to make them smaller. 300 kilobyte because... blocks now. And Luke agrees, by the way, I don't know if he, he, I don't mean to speak for him, but I have spoken with him about this and he agreed uh, with me that, you know, even though he wants and wishes we had smart blocks, he, and of course he would support it if the community did, but he wouldn't uh, necessarily push for it because he said it's kind of already too late to have any impact to make it worth gotcha. uh, forking. So, you know, we've already got the problem where it already takes because days. Because that would sync. be a soft fork, right? Like that you would actually have to implement it like on the client. Uh, yeah, I guess that. it'd be easiest because to do it in the soft fork because it's already making it smaller is easier, but yeah. Um, I guess technically you wouldn't need a soft fork. I mean, you could just have everybody could just agree. Yeah, everybody can just blocks. start running three 300 kilobyte blocks. And even if somebody did some 1.5s or whatever in there, it, you know, it wouldn't change a whole lot. But that kind of is this. I mean, I don't know. Sometimes a soft fork like becomes a hard fork because like if you didn't do it, if you mm -hmm. didn't do that soft work, like you'd be orphaned. You, yeah, you're, you're, uh, if you were a minor. Well, in, in the in the context of like a miner is that if you're running 300 kilobyte blocks or something like that and somebody else is doing 1.5, they're getting way more fees than you are because they can. Well, you, you wouldn't you wouldn't be. I mean, presumably. Well, yeah. So if everybody just agreed to lower it, but then like one guy kept not, you'd have to like also enforce it. You'd have to like yeah. orphan people that didn't, which there's no incentive um, essentially to do it unless you saw forked and basically required people to do it but then that that's just a whole nother set of problems it, it yeah. doesn't it doesn't so, make sense and like economically it, it it just falls apart that's why yeah you just keep it the way it is and we just go you know <laughs> so it took us about 60 seconds to decide to, to do a little thing <laughs> and see if that's not gonna work so uh, anyway uh yeah so but <clears throat> but if we could like if we could have started if we could have never had one megabyte box in the first place it would have been better if we'd stayed smaller up to now 
um, and I maybe would have uh, driven some of the second layer stuff sooner. But about Bitcoin Cash, and I kind of got on a tangent. I'll probably do that a lot. But there were <laughs> several times when, um, like, there was one example of uh, of uh, one person in the ecosystem in Bitcoin Cash ecosystem where he wanted to kind of like you know these cultists they get in their head like oh we're the big blockchain we can handle big business we can handle high you know high uh, volume of transactions etc cetera, etc cetera. so this guy's like okay cool i could use a um a system that is like super cheap and has a high throughput and allows me to send all these transactions very cheaply for my business or my platform or whatever so he tests it and they like their notes start crashing he only does like 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 18 megabyte blocks like not even close to their cap and like their nodes start crashing a lot of like the BitPay nodes crash like all the little there's not very many like normal users running nodes but there they were basically like screwed like everybody got really kind of mad that he did that and they said that he should have done it on testnet and they kind of blamed him for spamming yeah they they blamed him for like trying quote-unquote trying to use the block space that they said they had um on mainnet um so yeah it's it, it there was like a big uh and actually you know funny the fees actually went up wow the fees went up wow even with <laughs> even yes. with only 18 no the fees started going way up because they, they nobody was mining 18 uh most of the oh they, they had a soft like they were already everybody, their own. they found that's when they found out the gotcha. miners actually had um the miners actually had set most of their nodes to like one megabyte so of course most miners were sitting there doing one megabyte and um and uh and so the sort of started backing up started backing up and then normal users like so unlike how bitcoin was designed to fix that to more that's not even a problem uh with a fee market uh bitcoin cash wallets generally don't have fee uh the fee like to change your fee on them because usually it's so empty that you can just send it with any fee that the wallet's default fee and it'll go in the next block but um, in this case um since the blocks were full the mempool was full um you like if you are a normal user using your wallet without a choice to increase fee you might have to wait hours and you have no choice about it like it doesn't matter how important that transaction was to you um or how much you would have been willing to pay to get the next block like you're just stuck you're just stuck and you have no idea when you're not when you when it's going to go through so it was just a very bad i mean it just the whole thing and they uh, don't have rbf they don't <laughs> no so the whole thing is like it's just it's just it's just marketing it's just marketing for dummies that think that um that bitcoin's all about payments and the way to solve that is to make it the, the least efficient database you could ever have um, what's, what's funny is it shows just how wrong the mindset is is that they're talking about a global payments network and a global payments system where everybody can publish every single transaction to this massive broadcast network that everybody is going to store forever, um, which just alone is bad for privacy. But, you know, throw that aside, um, just the sheer computation of doing that is absurd. Um, and the bandwidth isn't just getting a 25 megabyte block to somebody in uh you know in a 10 minute span it's syncing a 25 megabyte block with somebody else and still actually participating in the mining race it's checking the work of that 25 megabyte block on top of all of the other stuff uh that's uh this going on and it is a it's a race like if you can't verify anything you don't 
you don't know anything. Like, what are you even participating in? You're just logging into somebody else's server and using their computer for whether or not your transaction exists. And the mindset is wrong. 25 megabyte blocks. Like, like, you, you know, we were talking about, you just mentioned that it was like 18 megabyte blocks that were causing like huge problems and like a backlog. And then the hand cache issue was, I, I wish I had in front of me, it was stupid for me not to like find it again. Are you talking about the double spend? No, 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 no. I was talking about the somebody, I can't remember who it was that was talking. It was, um, I keep thinking it's Paul Sorek, but I know it's not him. Like that's the name that's coming to mind and he's not even like in, in that space right now. Um, but uh, uh, somebody was talking about how there were 10 or 11 megabyte blocks. And I think it was on BSV that were literally taking 10 minutes to just validate to just download and do the computation to check if it was a real block. Um, and that this is, I mean, this is a drop in the ocean of the payments problem. Like this isn't, this isn't like, oh, it's 80% of the payments problem and we're having rough trouble. Like, you know, it's like a little bit stressful. This is like, you know, Bitcoin is quote unquote seven transactions per second, Bitcoin cash, and Bitcoin SV are like 21 transactions per second. And we're talking about 60,000, 100,000, millions of transactions per second, which is the problem that we're trying to overcome. And they can't manage 20. You know, this is orders of magnitude on top of orders of magnitude failure while putting so much risk of the underlying system of not even being able to catch up, not being able to verify anything because it takes the entire span of the 10 minutes just to verify the most recent block. It's the whole thinking is just like, like just those handful of scenarios just show that the whole thing is just a completely backwards engineering problem. And, and best of all, in my opinion is, um, you know, you can see, I love that we're about, so if we had this conversation, you know, in August of 2017, if we had this conversation, um, it would all be hypothetical if we'd say no, uh, in our opinion, if you went this route, you'd be giving a lot more uh, control to um, developers to take over the chain and to do corrupt things and uh, to censor. And um, you'd also be, you know, and the incentives wouldn't work and it, and the nodes would probably crash. But now fast forward. Uh, and, you know, of course, they would deny, deny, deny. And no, we can handle it. We can do it. You're an idiot and hard drives are going to be cheap. And shut the fuck up. Or excuse me. <laughs> terabytes, terabytes, a hundred, a hundred dollars. But now we can see not just uh, everything we just talked about with the, um, you know, obviously the nodes can't handle it, which means you need, you know, lesser, less nodes, uh, which means you have easier to censor, uh, which means also, by the way, that the dev team has a lot more control. Um, and uh, so what we've seen now with ABC is the leading implementation of Bitcoin Cash up to now. Um, they did so many things, which um, every step of the way was like, no, this is a bad idea. We would never do this on Bitcoin. And they said, shut up. And then they'd go to the next step and you'd say, no, this is a bad idea. We would never do this on Bitcoin. And they'd say, shut up. It doesn't matter. Shut up. It doesn't matter. Shut up. It doesn't matter. That's what I kept hearing. And the first thing they did, um, so the very first thing they did was um, 10 block checkpoints, which uh, bad, but not the worst thing they did, even close. The next thing they did after that was... Um, six-month scheduled hard forks. Now, that's very bad. And I know other chains like Monero do this too, and I also think it's very bad on those chains. But um, 
having a scheduled hard fork, especially when you have a very centralized development team, means that uh, all the exchanges and all the other ecosystem um, blocks, pieces in the you know ecosystem are uh, are basically waiting for that centralized team to give them any code they desire every six months. Um, they can literally do whatever they want every six months. Like they don't have to debate with anybody. They don't have to propose anything. It's just like they get everybody in the mindset of like, okay, where's my six month update? Let me plug that in and turn that on. If you know, if you're an exchange or whatever, um, you know, you've got a you've got a process at the exchange where the exchange is okay. This is the uh, time for my BCH upgrade. So here's my coordinator <laughs> from BCH to give me the new code that I'm going to plug in, and we're just going to you know change. And all the wallet makers, same thing. Like the wallet makers know, like okay, on this date, this is when we go to our BCH king and we ask them for the new codes. So we can plug it into our wallets. Like this gave them the key basically unlimited said. power, unlimited power. And then of course they told me, well, no, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. You know, hash power rules, and it's Bitcoin, so it's of course it's great. Um, and uh, so we saw, we've seen now with BCH, we've seen censorship where uh, somebody, uh, a miner, decided he was going to take a bunch of the uh, uh, SegWit coins that were um, moved on BCH on accident, like relayed mm -hmm. on BCH. It was millions of dollars worth of BCH. That was a three um, block. He, that was a three block, 51% attack, wasn't it? Or was it uh, yeah, and that was one that you brought up, actually. It was, well, mm -hmm. the number of blocks. Uh, yeah, that's, still, that's still my biggest tweet. Tweet thread. Um, <laughs> so there was, so there was, and it, but it took several hours. It may have not been that many blocks, but it took several hours before the chain um, updated, reorged. Yeah, yeah. Um, so basically, like you know, it went offline. I laugh sometimes, and they tell me, like, why would I use? Like one guy told me recently, why would we use AWS? Like, you know, what if they go down? It's like, well, they've been up, they've been running since longer than Bitcoin Cash, which has gone down a couple times since since then, since AWS has been running. Um, so, but anyway, um, cause yeah, it literally went down they had to push another emergency fork, um, at that time, but that was separate from the 51% attack. Just so happened that it coincided with a, um, also a, a mempool bug, but, uh, anyway, um, uh, so we see also, we saw that miner, uh, got remember, Do you remember what that fork was about? Cause I remember that too. I was kind of following it at that time just because i was like what in the hell with the 51 percent attack because they literally took coins and the the claim the claim was that like because the segwit coins were basically up for grabs when that hard fork happened well yeah so they changed sorry they changed yeah so they used to have a like a like a rule in the code where you couldn't touch those it would like reject you like segwit does mm -hmm. if you try to if you try to move those without the segwit signature it's invalid um, although they didn't have SegWit. So they removed that code to where if it didn't have a signature, then you could just move it and it'd be considered valid. If you were a miner, if, it, if they found those blocks, in, if they found those coins in another wallet, moved to another wallet, it wouldn't you know, require a signature to do that. And then now it would have a signature. So, so this miner did and he took them. And then a few other miners said, no, we're not allowing you to do that. And several blocks later, they retook his coins back, essentially reverse the chain to censor him retroactively mm -hmm. um so which is a and, you know and they claimed in the things that i was reading and i never found any sort of proof or just like backing up of this but the claim that was said in almost everything i was reading about all the conversations i like i started i have i started to uh like trying to get into all the telegram and slack groups about it at the time because i was i was like whoa what is going on over here and i was really curious 
Um, I think that was actually right around the time that I first started thinking about like, we should do a shitcoin insider show. I think that's actually where <laughs> this show birthed, like the idea of the show came from. Um, but uh, uh, I, I was digging into it and everybody was saying that supposedly their claim was that they were going to give back the coins to their rightful owners. Yeah, and it was probably, like hundreds or thousands of addresses or something like that. And I was like, how could you possibly know who the owner's like? Who is double checking your work here? And then they they even said like a week later, the claim was that like, yeah, we returned it to everybody who actually owned it. You know, and in hindsight, at the time, like, you know, whatever, just kind of like one of those things, like, I guess they're going to do it. I don't know. But yeah. in hindsight, after seeing what they're doing now, which I'm going to lead up to, there's no doubt in my mind that that probably ended up um, that was BS. in people's pockets. So what I've been, there's been a trend, which, which you should always expect. Should Everybody should always expect this. And this is why Bitcoin, it's so important that there are never leaders, especially when it comes to, you know, being in charge of the code, being in charge of what's deployed. Uh, this needs to always be a democratic process and not not even in the sense, you know, of like majority rules. So do you want, it needs to be 100% every time um, there's, there's a rule change. Um, essentially, it needs to be absolutely not controversial at all. But because really by default, and if you say, well, we're never going to have that kind of consensus, that's fine. Then you'll never have any changes. That's perfectly fine. <laughs> you know, you know, when you will have 100% consensus, if there's a bug or some critical flaw, then 100% of the the system will get behind changing that immediately, and that's good. Um, but anything else, if it's not 100%, forget about it. There's whatever. Yeah. Okay, we don't need it. We don't. We have already Bitcoin now. But anyway, <laughs> um, so this these same developers, uh, since then, and now that they had their little scheduled hard forks, and you know they've been trying to find ways to enrich themselves. That has been their job. They they you know the same things happen a lot on Ethereum, but. Um, this happens anytime you give people power, um, whatever they were there for originally tends to stop being the point. And the point becomes to make more money. Everybody always wants to make more money. So, so if you're well, in control well, the big of this thing chain. In, from the mentality, sorry to interrupt, but the, the mentality of this, like, is that when they start to have the unilateral decision-making over how this project even moves like just from a mental standpoint and this is something that all humans are subject to like this is not like oh special people are you know immune to this and only bad people succumb to this but they immediately begin to see whether or not they realize that it is a form of centralization a very potent form they see themselves as more important than everybody else in the project that we must be sustained. Our group must be sustained. And what we are doing is so much more important than what everybody else is doing. And then they start to change the rules to reflect that perspective. But continue with what you're going because like I, I think that's kind it's of okay. good middle. So framework. so what they're what they so you know the thing about when you run a shitcoin, uh, <laughs> and this is the case with every shitcoin, you're running a shitcoin, how are you gonna profit? Okay, like you're not just gonna, you know, you got this shitcoin BCH. Nobody actually cares. Like nobody in the, well, I shouldn't say nobody. There may be some like delusional guy in there, but like nobody in the in the leadership uh, is gonna be. Yeah, I'm just like altruistically dedicating my life so that people can have very inefficient database payments that are still censorable and still centralized. Um, so they're so they need to profit from their 
from their from their shit coin. Everybody does. That's why that's why Ethereum wants to go proof of stake. That's why um, a lot of other coins, you know, give themselves half the supply uh, or whatever. Uh, you have to profit from your shit coin. So, um, so they are now implementing uh, uh, a dev fee attacks on every block. So the devs have code. I say the devs. It's like basically one guy has uh, implemented a new change that comes into effect November 15th, um, which is going to pay himself. Um, technically, it's a company, ABC, with a few other participants, but it's mostly it's him. Um, he's going to decide where the money goes um, and how generous he wants to be with all this, you know, free, quote-unquote, money he's getting. Um, Do you know but who, he's this, gonna, who this is? is, this, is this uh, Omri. So Omri. Okay. Uh, yeah. And he's uh, in with uh, David R. Allen as well, who's... Uh, more on the business side. He's somebody that ran his own ICO in 2017, uh, Gems, that had a big, uh, had a big, like, it was very hyped, had a lot of investors, and then dropped off the grid. They didn't even exit scam because they never even gave anybody tokens. No kidding. Um, yeah, they just, like, well, they did give some people tokens, but not officially. Is it, is it, and does then, it even still exist? I gotta No, it up. never existed. It never, like, you won't be able to find a price fit anywhere. It, uh, it launched, oh it was God. very popular, it got very hyped. You know, in 2017, like people would invest in an ICO ahead of time before mm -hmm. they get the tokens. You know, yeah. they had like all kinds of private investors and then uh, they shut it down and said, oh, we can't do this. We need, you know, SEC wants this, this, whatever. So, you know, please wait. Our lawyers are working on it, please wait. And they just please waited it until people stopped asking. Well, hold on a second. Jim's, it looks like it does exist somewhere. It's being there traded might be somewhere. More than one. Jim coins. One. There are one. It's probably point, not it. 1.2 billion. Maybe this is not it. But the 24-hour volume is $18. <laughs> um, it's probably not cares? it. I remember there being multiple gems. This is an Ethereum maybe. contract. So this uh, is maybe I see it actually here on CoinGecko, but it has it has like nothing. It's NA. Um, it's gems with a Z. In gyms with oh, it says feed. inactive. It says it's inactive on CoinGecko. So yeah, they okay. never, they never. I mean, they they launched only to like okay, private. It's not even, not even. On they launched it to private investors, and those private investors were like trading it on, like uh, at the time, like the Ether Delta stuff, mm -hmm. uh, which was at the time that's basically was Uniswap of the day. Um, but luckily, later. this guy moved on to a much more credible project. Like oh yeah, Bitcoin. so, <laughs> um, and so he's he's part of it too now. But uh, but uh, anyway. Uh, so they're going to be collecting 8% of all the block reward. and But the big thing that I want to kind of, I guess, hammer on with this is that like, these are the people who anybody who said they supported Bitcoin Cash was trying to give Bitcoin to. You hear me? Yeah. You want to pause it? So the thing to keep in mind um, with everything, all the shenanigans we're hearing about that's happening on, on Bitcoin Cash um, and more we'll see about BSC in a minute, um, is that these same people, the same people that implemented those larger blocks, the same companies for the most part that were behind them, in particular Bitmain, at least for a, a, most of the time, um, the things that they are doing systematically and manipulating the community to accept, every step of the way, there were manipulations and excuses and don't worry about it and the core don't worry about it core tards are idiots this doesn't matter like what could happen wrong and uh, by the way thanks for giving me eight percent of all the block reward now and letting me censor whatever i want um but those things that they're doing 
They wanted to do those things to Bitcoin, but their attack failed because Bitcoin doesn't care. Bitcoin would not let them. But that is very important to keep in mind. Like when you are like, when somebody comes to you with some proposal and they want to, you know, do something to Bitcoin, it's not going to be a big deal. Like, do you know how hard it would be for somebody to, you know, like, yeah, actually, that's what would happen. That's what happens every time. That is what Bitcoin is here to solve. Uh, whenever we've had, you know, whenever we, you know, governments, the United States of America, actually, the way it's designed, super decentralized. If you, the guys that thought of this, like they weren't trying to create a corrupt system. They put a lot of thought into like, how can we make this a representative democracy that um, would be really hard for somebody to like control? How do we make this something where like people can like have a, a you know innate freedoms and don't have to worry about like corruption and like the way that it was designed was you know the the first time that like philosophers really got together in the modern times to think like how can we make basically the perfect system? It was it was and, essentially a goal to and, and if you look like how it was stacked like the the fundamental like system that they've created is, that they created was actually phenomenally clever. But it's just that the paper itself could not actually sustain the rules. Like if we were actually still following the Constitution, it would probably work. Because it relies on humans. It relies on human interpretation. Exactly. And leaders, Um, individual leaders. But the whole point was that the actual, and this is lost on so many people, is that in the Constitution, the highest law of the land is the sheriff. It's It's your local sheriff. Um, it is not the federal government, uh, and and like like the federal government's only real job is to establish a joint federal militia in the case of disaster where somebody is coming in trying to you know destroy the country or take over the country. Um, but uh, it you know aside from the point, it's the just size of a nation, the size of you know at this point the biggest nation on the earth in terms of economic power and military, like that system um, became corrupt. We can all see it. Uh, very few would dispute that the United States government has become a source, a force for corruption. Yeah. Um, some people uh, say it's blue. Some people say it's red. I argue it's purple. <laughs> right. So, um, and, and, and so when I say become, yeah, I don't want anybody to think I'm talking about like in the last four years. I mean, it's become this for a while now. Like this is the state of the the event of, of, of this is the state of the country now you know for mm-hmm. as long as i've been uh, alive and probably my parents too but uh but anyway like despite all of those well-intentioned rules that they put in place it ultimately didn't matter because it centralized around too many individual humans and it gave there was too much incentive to be corrupt too much trust required um in individuals no matter how much you think very naively, well, you know, everybody's going to be watching this individual and, you know, like, this is a good person and, like, this person was educated at the best universities and whatever. Like, you give people power, they're going to abuse that power. So Bitcoin took us from that and the big blockers want to bring us back to that again. Um, they want people to be in control of Bitcoin, um, which I think is a good segue to BSV. <laughs> <laughs> real quick actually before we uh let's 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 take that segue but ho- put it on hold real quick is um uh the fork that's happening 
that's the oh. that's the eight percent tax, right? And this is right around the corner. So this is like November fifteenth. Is this fork? Um, what do you think is going to happen here? Because this will be like the third time that no, no, the second time that there has been a persistent fork. But do you think there's going to be a persistent fork? Do you think you're going to? Well, so, okay, good question. We do need to months. cover this. So the way that it that the way that, it, that it's going to work, ironically, one of the big things that the big blockers needed to one of the propaganda talking points they needed to spread to gain adoption for their very inefficient big blockchain was that um, <laughs> human, that individuals didn't need to run nodes, that nodes weren't important and nodes don't have any power. And uh, now... And funny enough, it was the nodes that prevented them from doing this from two Bitcoin. Yes. They it, bitched yes. about everybody running nodes um, <laughs> because they made different. no difference. They made no difference, but damn it, they got in our way. <laughs> yeah, and they stopped us from taking over Bitcoin, which, and because the nodes, uh, you know, in the end, you don't want to trust somebody else's computer to secure your money. You want to secure your money yourself. As an individual, running a node just means that you're participating in, and you're, you're, own, you're running the software yourself. You're not trusting somebody else to be Bitcoin for you. You are Bitcoin, and we are Bitcoin individually ourselves, um, which is incredibly important. And without that part of it, like it's not, it's not the people's money. It's, whoever's money that you're trusting to join it for you. Um, but uh, now, ironically, after years of telling us that nodes don't matter, um, uh, luckily for- Is the irony guess, coming? I want to know. Yes. <laughs> so, so the leading implementation, which has essentially created BS, or BCH and uh, the, the uh, ecosystem had essentially centralized around uh, ABC, which is the company that uh, Omri uh, is the lead dev for and has been running um, BCH uh, infrastructure for a while. Um, when they implemented this 8% fork uh, or dev tax, um, luckily as sheepish, whatever the word is, not sheepish, but as um, as much that their, their supporters have been, you know, blind followers throughout this time, um, this was such a drastic, change that it still uh was able to create like a pushback from within the community that said wait a minute we don't want somebody taking eight percent of all the block reward and giving it to whoever he wants or keeping it if he wants um you know in perpetuity so they uh independently crowdfunded um a new group of developers uh that go by uh that are creating a new implementation that is called BCHN for BCH node. And so if you want to <laughs> reject uh, ABC, you need to be running BCH node um, and signaling to the network that you are, you know, especially as a miner, um, running BCH node. So, uh, so BCH node is basically going to be um, the last version of ABC's code, but without any uh, tax. So BCH node is going to follow longest chain, even if it's an ABC block, it'll follow an ABC block, um, but it will not pay a tax. Gotcha. So ABC, uh, the, the new ABC implementation is going to require an 8% tax. And if you don't pay the 8% tax, it will not recognize you as a legal block. Um, it's literally high. It's literally like holding the chain hostage. The ABC is going to be coded to say, unless you pay this address 
8% of all the money you made, we're not going to let you build oh, on the block. pain. <laughs> so, pain hurts so bad. Can you imagine, like, just to just think that there's, like, a backdoor in gold, and every time that you find gold anywhere, some doofus somewhere in, you know, an apartment in Russia just gets 8% of it because they own the gold. Like, like they just, they're just in charge of gold. Like, like the, all, the whole idea that this has anything to do with or could even come close to being a global monetary system is hilariously absurd. Like, like, like comically so. And then that they're like, everybody run a node. Like, like, thank God they didn't put in gigabyte blocks already, or if that would be out the window, they wouldn't even have the opportunity to defend against this at all. That's a great point. Yeah, it would cost... It would cost them, you know, they would have to build that infrastructure up and have, you know, the archives of the millions of dollars worth of blocks. And, you know, it, they wouldn't be able to. They would simply would just have to do whatever. And you know what the worst part actually is in that world? Um, they wouldn't even know. Uh, they wouldn't even have yeah. to tell them. Yeah. Um, they would just be moving on to a new thing. They might notice that their reward went down but they would probably attribute it to just more miners or whatever, because they wouldn't even have to tell them. Um, so Nobody would be able uh, to check their work, like, which right. leads us to and you wouldn't even know BSV, your report. actually. <laughs> yeah, this, this, is the, this is the ultimate uh, goal for BSV, but you wouldn't even know you were forked. The average user would open his little wallet on his phone or on his computer, wherever. It would ping their API, and their API would say, yeah, you've got 16 coins, but you don't know, like, what network those 16 coins are on. You're just trusting that server you pinged say you got 16 of them like is this the new one with an eight percent tax or the new one with a 50 percent tax or like did they just double supply but you still got 16 of them like you don't know because you have no say in that anymore like you maybe just... it's bitcoin cash where nodes are important again <laughs> yeah <laughs> you just know that you got 16 of them according to them and they could even change that number because they can change the code so they could tell you tomorrow you have 13 instead if they wanted but whatever um, when yeah, you, when to, on the on the point of the you were talking about hard forks every six months, which yeah. uh, Monero did. I was actually like, I had been like loosely interested in Monero just as like a unique use case of like hardcore privacy for like a long time. And the the day that I just like left it all behind and I was like, it is really just all shit coins. Was when they announced that they're going to do a hard fork every six months, and all I could think was like, imagine if. TCPIP had a consensus breaking software change every six months. There is, you'd have to update your freaking router. Like the whole <laughs> internet would break. Like it would fall to pieces every six months. We have tried to get IPv6, which is essentially a consensus break to IPv4 for 15, 15 years now. And it still hasn't been implemented. Like you still do not get an IPv6 address. You can communicate with most routers now with an IPv6 um, if you do some, you know, funkiness in the background, but your ISP does not give you one of those. You, it is not the dominant form of communication. And I just, it just, like, as soon as they said that, I was like, it really is. It's just all centralized shit coins and there's nothing else to use. <laughs> um sorry sorry to interrupt i just yeah, it's all right so yeah i mean that's exactly yeah <laughs> they're all and uh you know i don't know 
Yeah, I mean, I want to say I don't trust Monero, but the thing is, I shouldn't have to. Exactly. Exactly. You shouldn't so. have to. That's the whole <laughs> point, is that you have a digital consensus mechanism that you can know, that is consistent, that does not change, and that you can that is a bedrock that you can build networks and systems on top of so that the ownership cannot be contested and there is no two developers with their ICOs and their stupid tax that can just change it however the hell they see fit because because screw everybody else like <laughs> yeah so you know so what's going to happen um with the BCHN versus ABC. And there's a futures market where you can bet on the outcome of this. Um, and there's also uh, miners that are uh, flagging BCHN node. And there are also uh, like voting sites you can go to where you can like sign BSV or sorry, BCH saying like I support ABC or I support BCHN or I support neither. And you can sign your coins and that's like your voting weight. Um, okay. So there's all these things happening. And if you look at every single metric, that you can find right now, it's like over 90% by far, like all the blocks, there was one block that signaled ABC, but every single block that I know of anyway, in the last several weeks have been BCHN, either BCHN or nothing. They don't, they don't signal anything. Gotcha. Um, well, but, won't uh, those, will those by default go over to the new ABC? Or well, just... so there's no by default because it's, they have hard work every six months. So they have to choose. There's no, so there's no literally, it will be ability. either a hard fork to BCN, BCHN, or BCHABC. Right, but depending on which one gets the most hash, will depend on whether or not there will be two chains or not. So gotcha. if ABC somehow gets the most hash, which does not, it does not at this point, it does not even look like they'll get even one out of every ten blocks. I don't see nobody's really like nobody's come out and so they're going to mine for them. I mean, I don't know if they have some kind of like silent partner that's going to just, or if they're going to rent a bunch of hash. I don't know what, if they have any kind of plan whatsoever, maybe they're trying to like look small so they can be big mm -hmm. on the, on launch on fork day. I don't know what they're going to try to do, but, uh, it, you know, on the futures market right now, uh, last I checked is about $18 for ABC winning, which means that um, you get one ABC BCH for every $18. So if ABC ends up becoming BCH, which is worth around, I don't know, 200 something bucks, uh, you would be spending eighteen dollars per a whole BCH. So odds um, are definitely. So if yeah, the odds are not good right now. Um, you you know if you if you if they if they had some plans, they could buy a whole bunch of uh, BCH for eighteen dollars each right now. Um, but so if but if ABC wins somehow, then BCHN will not have a separate chain. Because BCHN is designed to follow the longest chain. So they will continue to try to build on the chain tip of ABC. Every new block they will build on the on the next ABC block. So uh, but they'll but they'll be orphaned by every ABC block. So they would just be orphaned in perpetuity until people stopped mining on BCHN if ABC had more proof of work. Um, now uh, well with a fork with a fork coming up, this should mean that the price goes up right this usually happens let's see let's well, look at the price here um nah, nah, doesn't happen. no it's the lowest it's ever been yeah and uh oh, and, even if, and even if it would have had like a pre pre fork pump um which we can see is not happening 
Uh, and it could still maybe happen in the last days, but I definitely wouldn't bet on it. Um, even if it did, you can see from like BSV, um, which did have a pre-fork pump, uh, which could have been a coincidence, but it seemed to have a pre-fork pump. Um, they are not even close to the valuation of BSV plus BCH combined. So, you know, it dumps, uh, it doesn't, it doesn't recover back to full, full price. So, uh, yeah, it's a bad bet, but, uh, they're just, they're just watering themselves down repeatedly. But if, 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 um, if BCHN ends up having the most cash, then ABC will continue on a separate chain, which may not ever get any blocks. I don't know. Um, I don't know who's gonna mine it. We'll we'll see. I guess some like my my hope. I really like. I really disgusted. This whole time I've been disgusted with ABC. They were the ones that initially did the whole Bitcoin Cash fork. So yeah. ABC up until this day has always been Bitcoin Cash. Um, so these are you know scammy people. I really want them not to be listed on a single exchange. I don't want any of the big exchanges to list them. I want them to just be. Like such, I want it to fail so hard. They, they, they should be gems. Like nobody, nobody will bother to mine it. And even if some guy did mine it out there on his laptop, like they won't be able to dump their little eight percent anywhere. Um, like I want them to just be punished so badly that they basically they just have to die off. You know, their the eighteen dollar volume is what you're going for right there. Yeah, so I'm hoping that they just completely. <laughs> utterly fail and there are still some like bch supporters although it seems to be a minority which uh to their credit but there are still some of the people who have been arguing with me about bch being the real bitcoin all this time for all these years um who are supporting abc and like trying to tell me that abc is going to make it and you don't you shouldn't listen to the metrics and it's just a social media it's just propaganda like they just want you to think that nobody supports it. It's like, who wants me to think nobody supports it? Every single person but you who tells me they support it? Like, literally everybody? <laughs> like, um, <laughs> like, everybody's telling me this. Like, how is it not real? But anyway. Um, At this point, I literally almost feel bad for Roger Burr for the amount of emotional and <laughs> very possibly uh, economic investment that has been put into this and to see it go so badly sideways. Um, yeah. Just a, just a rough, rough ticket there. To Roger and Bitcoin.com's credit, they did not support uh, the ABC side of this. So, um, which may be part of the reason why it's, it's failing as well. Um, but why would they support it? I mean, it's not like they get the 8%. But, you know, the BCHN <laughs> team, the BCHN team has only been funded for one year. So, you know, after this big, you know, point of uh, contention where we don't want to give up the block reward, like it'll be free for some new guy to take over a year from now or sooner. So, Can't you know, wait. this is the this is Can't the fate Good times. that they wanted. This is what they wanted Bitcoin to be. It's just, uh, you know, for sale to the richest bidder, whatever CEO wants to take it and have his own coin. Like then this could have even been, you know, if we want to go down that route, I. I do you feel like it's, it could have been pushed by like government wanting more control over Bitcoin? Because that's how they would do it. That's exactly how they would do it. They would they would uh, do it by kind of coordinating all the biggest uh, economic actors, exchanges, uh, infrastructure producers, like all of those groups. They would co-opt them and they would try to push for change that benefited themselves to put themselves in more control. And, um, 
And uh, to anybody who ever thinks that Bitcoin is susceptible to that, you've now been proven wrong uh, since August the 1st, 2017. But um... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, so. But the solution, the solution is Satoshi's true vision, which oh. is Bitcoin SV. <laughs> So the way I think about Bitcoin SV is that the, the, the funny thing about Bitcoin Cash is that it's kind of like this middle of the road is that they made this argument for what Bitcoin needs to be is that it needs to be big blocks. It needs to be every transaction in the world. And they, they really, they really bet everything on this principle, but they didn't believe it. They knew that it was bull crap that like, that like literally it was, it could not go to that extent. And so they're kind of like this middle of the road. They're like, no, this is the way it is. And we just, I really hate Bitcoin. You just be a bunch of stupid heads. And they forked off into this like little, like in the middle of the road. Like we know there are some serious problems over here, but we're going to pretend that we're way better than Bitcoin without actually believing our principles. And then mm -hmm. Bitcoin SV are the people who truly believed them that blocks can be as big as you freaking want, that validation has absolutely nothing to do with what's useful about this. We need to go just full retard. It's like, just, Justin, and I and like I say that with as much love as I can because I've had a lot of conversations with BSV people, and you've I've I've had really good conversations. Like I've, like I've had calm, fun debates with them. I love debating, but holy crap, they like they think that we're, it, it is a common narrative that we are going to put the entire freaking internet on the blockchain. But then there are conversations about how 10 megabyte blocks are throwing everything into chaos. And I just, I just don't get the mental gymnastics that are going into this. Yeah. From the actual supporters point of view, oh God knows. Like, like I think that block size became a religion for many. Mm -hmm. um, and in many ways, I think it somehow, especially with BSV, like you alluded to, became like a hate for bitcoin you know we hate blockstream we hate core we hate these bitcoin people and they're just like they keep making all this money and we went to the shitcoin and we're gonna make more money than them just wait it's just better wait. i got so many more transactions <laughs> it's not me which is stupid it is the market which is wrong <laughs> um but <laughs> uh so yeah like for the people for the individuals i don't know it's become like a religion for them um, but for the people that are running it, the people that are uh, in control of BSV, like their motives are, you know, it's easy to follow the incentives there. Um, you know, they have control and they're finding ways to make money for themselves with this passionate group of people that are ready to throw money at them. Um, so, yeah, I mean, yeah, I don't even know where to start. BSV is really, and it's almost, it's just become so irrelevant too. And it will continue to become more relevant. But uh, probably BSV the is big thing about BSV is that I've, I've got to actually give them credit for is that they went they went full on with their convictions. Is that 
they've decided that gigabyte blocks and terabyte blocks like are the future and that uh you know we're gonna roll this thing back to what the very first thing was and we'll have infinite blocks because that was irrelevant to the whole thing they at least actually are submitting to quote unquote what they think satoshi's vision is you know like i mean no i don't agree with you unless wait okay okay satoshi's vision is whatever craig says okay contest oh well well yeah that's 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 kind of what I'm getting at. They like they believe okay. Craig is Satoshi. Well, yeah. So if you so so they say they want. Sorry, to I should have clarified that. I should have clarified that. BSV. Yeah, for anybody who's listening, BSV is basically the community that thinks Craig Wright is telling the truth when he says he's Satoshi. But even in what you're saying, there's a there's a inherent contradiction. So um, they say they want to go back to the original Bitcoin, the one that Satoshi designed. But then they also want to do all these new changes that. Craig, who they believe is Satoshi, wants to do. So it's like, it's not actually because they, when they, when they tell you that BTC or B, uh, BCH are not Bitcoin, they tell you that they're not Bitcoin because they've changed. They've put changes in the code, and therefore they're not Bitcoin. Ours is the only one with no changes. Ours is the only one that you know rolled back to the original, and therefore follows the original white paper, and therefore is the original Bitcoin, which is all alive from the beginning though, because they are using. So BCH, when they forked, they created their own separate uh, difficulty algorithm that doesn't go every two weeks like normal Bitcoin, but does it like every intra, like every block, basically. Um, oh, did and they adopted do that? that? Is that the one that they, I forked... they actually went back away from that because they had some major problems? Did they just correct it? As no, it was? no, they didn't correct. They didn't, you know, it, from day one, it was just a straight up fork. So initially it was just a straight fork. Straight fork of uh, BCH, but like change the number for block size, essentially. Um, same thing that BCH was. So mm-hmm. they, well, the BCH at least changed the difficulty algorithm, which took some amount of work. Um, BSV, at least initially, did nothing. Now they have since uh, done what they called the Genesis upgrade, which was like there finally, okay, we did some work, but it didn't bring it. They didn't just like fix some bugs in the very first version of Bitcoin and deploy it. They they changed more stuff and kept the still the same uh, Omri difficulty algorithm in it. And they swore that, oh, yeah, we'll get that out eventually. But it's still there. Uh, at least it was last I checked. Um, I'm sure there's so, another hard fork right around the corner. Yeah, who knows? Because with them, like, there's basically, you know, there's not that many nodes. And they do exactly what Calvin Aaron and Craig Wright say. So, and when it comes to, by the way, what Calvin Aaron and Craig Wright have said, They've said that private keys don't matter and don't prove ownership and that you need courts to prove ownership. And so and Craig Wright laughs at people who think that they're safe, that they own their Bitcoin because they have a private key. He says, oh, what an idiot. You think that little private key protects you? You know, that means nothing. The court's what matters. And, you know, you know, you have to go and, and prove ownership in a court of law. That's how the world works, you imbecile. Private yeah, key, I remember a, I remember a conversation or a, a, a speech that he gave talking about how like thinking that um, uh, Bitcoin was a means to uh, get around the state or or to like replace the state that like you could own it outside of like what the government said um, is just and he said specifically it was like this was never my vision and this was this is ridiculous and uh, 
there should be a way to, um, or there will be, there will be a way to take your ownership if you are breaking the law. We don't want any of that. So what they're, what they're lining up to do is, um, like every shitcoin, if you ever want to know, like, is this a shitcoin, which the answer is always going to be yes, the way you can prove it is to find, okay, well, how are the guys that are running it going to make money? And it always has something to do with either they gave themselves coins in the beginning, they give themselves taxes from the operation of the coin, or in the case of BSC, what they're going to do, um, and probably they'll do a mixture of the other two as well, but um, they're going to take Satoshi's original coins, uh, change them over to a new key through a hard fork, oh, and right. give them to Craig. That's right. I forgot about that. They're doing that. Is that actually is that actually happening? It's because I, actually I heard it was a there's discussion. No code. There's okay. no code to that extent, but there have been several blog posts declaring that intent, as well as several tweets from uh, Calvin. So it started with uh, private keys don't matter. Then it went to well, it only matters what like who actually owns something, like who can prove their identity. And then it was like, oh, well, I'm Satoshi, obviously, and I don't have to show you my keys, and I don't need keys to get those coins. And then it went to in the court, well, I lost my key shard. So I don't have my key shard, but those are my keys, and it's a good thing private keys don't matter because those are my coins. Wow. So, the court you know, so he'll that. he'll get his he'll get those coins, uh, but only on BSP, oh, um, and they'll do it through a hard fork. Um, and ironically, there's a guy that's been talking to me uh, a lot today, who tells me because of Bitcoin having small blocks, everybody's going to have to go to custodial services and. Everybody's going to have to trust banks and and all this stuff. And he's like, so you guys, you're you're going to have to all be custodial and trust. So, you know, you need BSD so you can have these big blocks. You don't have to do that. And I said, listen, do you realize that BSV like wants censorship, wants to be controlled um, by government? So it's custodial. The whole thing like, is custodial. The whole chain is custodial. The whole everything is custodial. Like, what is the what is the risk of of uh, custodial service like a bank holding your coin? The risk is that the government or somebody or even the bank will say, you know what, I don't think that this money is really yours, even though you say it is. Or the government says you're not supposed to have this money. Or you tried to do something bad, so I'm going to take this money. Um, and they take your money or freeze your money or reverse your money. Like that's the risk of something being custodial or maybe getting hacked. Um, but with but that's what BSD wants. For the base chain, so the the entire base chain. They think it's a benefit. So when you come at me as a BS sphere and you say, "Well, BTC with its small blocks is going to force you to be custodial," I'm saying. So what you're trying to tell me is, in your dumb fantasy, the worst outcome possible for BTC is what you want for BSV, and that's why I should go to BSV instead. Like, it's a, the, it's like the, no. the, the most, the worst thing for Bitcoin is that it ends up, is that you end up having to use services with all the characteristics of the entirety of BSV. Yeah. And like, he doesn't even realize the contradiction, which of course, by the way, his premise is silly. Um, Cause well, nobody's going to be able to use it because it's going to be so expensive. Well, Lightning network you know, doesn't work. I would pay, sir. you know what, not everybody, you know, if it came down to it, Bitcoin is very valuable to me. I would pay hundreds of dollars per Bitcoin transaction under the right conditions. Like if that was the only way I could move my Bitcoin, presumably because it would be more valuable at the time as well. The pain, um, but ditto. Yes, pain, like obviously <laughs> I would rather not spend $100, but 
But uh, if you're spending $100 for Bitcoin transactions, that means that Bitcoin is being valued tremendously and that block mm-hmm. space is being valued tremendously. And there's no world where block space is being valued tremendously, but the market size of the asset is yeah. not much larger. So there's no $200 yeah, but... billion dollar Bitcoin that has a $100 phase, <laughs> yeah. period. Yeah. So, you know, the people who uh, have had the foresight or that just have the fortune, fortunate enough to have the wealth, uh, uh, you know, despite Bitcoin's rise, um, would be able to uh, afford to use something so valuable. And for those who want to use it in a cheaper way, there are all kinds of ways already being developed and worked on to use it in, in cheaper ways, whether it's um, um, batching with other people, uh, obviously Lightning Network, like there's no shortage of solutions um, being implemented every day as we speak uh, to a future where um, individual transactions may end up costing collectively hundreds of dollars each, but within each transaction, there could be thousands of participants um, that are you know, going off chain so that they can uh, use their private keys in, in ways that um, don't uh, increase the block size. Yeah, that's uh, that's one of the things that's really cool about the uh, the lightning pool auction is that like it's just kind of like a uh, like an added benefit really of like how they're doing the the settlement of the auction that they're doing um, because it's an off chain application. It's completely non Bitcoin script ap- application that's being run, uh, which just shows that you can do any kind of smart contract you want. It's totally arbitrary. And all you actually knew, need to uh, make the system work is, you know, a basic time lock and a multi-sig. Um, but that they're batching transactions, they're batching channels uh, in this lightning pool auction. But the brilliant thing about that is, is that uh, whatever your, your reference rate, whatever your rate for capital is that you're asking for on the lightning network, is that if you've got enough people looking for capital on lightning that you're batching with, is that you could actually be paying, uh, you could pay significantly lower in fees to broadcast your channel opening. Had to pause here for a second because of the dogs, but we jump right back into it. Oh, lightning pool. Okay. So was that, uh, the crazy thing about it is that like, it's actually also a decentralized pool, like, like just a pool of people that could save money on batching the transactions. It's the cost to open a channel like like new or get new liquidity on lightning um whatever that rate is could actually be matched by your savings in using this pool to open your channel with 100 other people at the exact same time um and then when you start adding things like taproot or uh you know cross signature or cross input signature aggregation like all these potential future um uh, efficiencies into that um, is that you just get so much better use of the block space and then you're, you're using that as infrastructure for a whole new network on top of it, a whole new payments network. Um, and you have, you, you, you have the whole breadth of Ethereum. You can run any application you want on top of it because it, it, it doesn't even matter. You just don't want to run it on the, the absolute base chain. You run a layer two. Um, but uh, uh, it's just funny. It, it's just like it kind of feels like like Bitcoiners have been vindicated so many different times uh, and in so many different ways. It's hard to believe that so many people still latch on to 
the the many many forks of bitcoin really two really two but um there's so many i mean when it comes to bsv this in particular both of them bsc and bch such shit shows but bs bsc for example right now uh there was another erc20 project uh, apparently that is um using 41 that is currently merge mining bsv and doing half of all the blocks and just completely empty blocks just taking half of all the block reward completely empty blocks like it's a joke it's a toy and then oh, uh, but i thought they had ter terabyte blocks i don't understand they're empty why would they mine <laughs> empty ones i don't get it because the fees are completely insignificant and that's the <laughs> thing when the fees don't matter you're just expecting people to be charitable and mine your transaction for you know nobody cares about your you know they want to brag about how it only costs point zero 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 one cent well guess what hope you find somebody charitable that's going to mine it for you because the incentives don't work why would they um, run why would they pack together download and validate a one gigabyte block when they get paid the exact same amount as a block that's 512 bytes because it's just the coinbase and the reward and half half of the hash power is doing this like just merge mining that's crazy that's yeah crazy. Um, there also is a plan they intend to things like that all kinds of Oh god, anybody who digs into it, like it's worse than you think. Like, you know it's a joke, you know it's a shit coin, but if you actually look at what they want to do, it's worse than you think. They want to do miner ID, they want to have permissioned mining, where you have to get a certificate to be an, an approved oh miner. My god. Um, they want to do uh also they're creating uh on ramps so where you don't submit your fee with your transaction. In fact, you don't even submit your transaction, you'll just create a private contract with a miner who will either on a subscription basis or on a per transaction basis, will come to a business agreement with you to broadcast your transactions at a set rate. No. Um, is this Satoshi's vision? Is that what that is? That's, uh, it's, it's like, it's stripping. If, if BSV, let's just imagine for, I don't, I can't imagine if to me it has no use at all. I don't know why, I don't know where it fits in any even hypothetical market. Um, Nothing that it does, it does better than things that already exist. In fact, it does it so much worse that it's laughable than most things that, like, you wouldn't use it to store <laughs> files because why would you want to pay, like, the tremendous uh, cost it would cost for to store files on it right now? And then, and then there'd be nobody that would serve it to you later because they're not incentivized to. So, I mean, like, just none, none of its use cases does it do very well. But just pretend that's, pretend that it's somehow, for some reason, Let's pretend like Bitcoin was uh, Bitcoin SV was not only popular but used and a thing that the world just took for granted. Let's just say can't even imagine it would run, but um, let's just say for whatever reason it was. If that existed, we would need Bitcoin because we'd still need Bitcoin because it doesn't solve any of the problems that Bitcoin solves. It doesn't even it doesn't even try to. In fact, it's like they they don't. It's like they. It's like they don't want the problem Bitcoin solved to even be solved. It's like they want everybody in the world to be subject to censorship. It's like it they seems want... like the rhetoric is the exact opposite. Yeah, like yeah, it's, it's like the things that Bitcoin did that made Bitcoin valuable. It's like that if are explicitly Wright, the things they want to get rid of. Right. If he was like you know the world leader, he would make those things illegal immediately. He would say all transactions should be trusted and rely on trusted third parties. He would say, you know, that everything should be subject to censorship. Um, he would probably even, you know, 
<laughs> he'd probably even be all for bailouts of banks. Um, <laughs> like, I don't know. I'm just that last one I just tacked on there. But uh, I don't know where he stands with that. But um, I'd say it's pretty, I'd say that's fair. With, the, <laughs> with all the other, like, specifically the explicitly stated absurdities why is that what's what's even odd about that one yeah i mean like to say like because if you read the white paper like why are there private teams so that you can show your ownership like like no we don't we don't care about private keys and it doesn't mean anything and oh uh, what's what does it mean to be a valid block it doesn't matter like to prove a signature that's not a real signature like you need my ID and you need me to like sign a piece of paper for you. That's a real signature. Like <laughs> it's not even like, <laughs> I don't know what's worse. The fact that he says those things, the fact that anybody follows it. Yeah. I don't know. <sighs> I don't know. Sometimes when you're just so wrapped up into something, you just start, ex you know, you begin to excuse the little things and then excusing the most insane things just are just kind of a natural extension of that. Like you can't, you can't let go. Um, interesting, just interesting. <laughs> There's a, I, I was just kind of like casually browsing all these other ones. Uh, Bitcoin gold is still around. Bitcoin diamond. I mean, barely. It's hard to say they're still around. They're. I've never met a Bitcoin diamond uh, seal, but I have met. Bitcoin gold shields. Okay. It looks like every one of them is at their all-time low against Bitcoin. Have you um, met any shields for any other forks? No, I've never even seen them. Like Bitcoin POS, uh, Bitcoin, uh, oh no, that's Bitcoin gold. Uh, Bitcoin BEP2, no idea. Um, uh, Bitcoin HD, there are so many Bitcoin forks. I cannot believe there's Bitcoin 2. Bitcoin too. Ooh, it's really wow. I wonder that must be twice as good. Six hundred dollar volume. Yeah, yeah. Wow. It is the future. Bitcoin <laughs> rhodium. Six hundred dollars that bought that. That's the real question. Seriously, six hundred dollars is a chunk of change, man. That's somebody's really <laughs> betting big. Somebody's really <laughs> betting big. Oh man, what a hell of a situation. Um, but uh, I think kind of the funniest thing about all of this is that everything is falling against bitcoin right now you know the fact like back in 2017 is during the during the bull run a lot of things ran with bitcoin and then ran higher and you know they all have lower liquidity um so you would think that the potential for them to run at a higher pace than bitcoin is really substantial like it would not be very hard for that to be the case but almost nothing almost nothing is uh in fact across the board even just with this little bit of ethereum 2.0 hype even it is still falling in relation to bitcoin all the little all the like crypto traders that i follow like are showing all these charts about oh it's about to break up oh it's looking good and it's looking healthy every one of them posts a us dollar chart nothing else ain't nobody compares it to bitcoin because everything looks bloody if you compare it to bitcoin um mm -hmm. which i just find so obvious but I, I i guess for so many people who have you know held a completely different perspective this is sh shocking or weird or they're just angry and uh 
what a what a fascinating thing this is but i, I think you know we'll all learn like tcp ip version 4.2 with packet sizes as long as your dick are not <laughs> are not better <laughs> than ipv4 it is a communication it is a language it's about security and reliability uh which, i don't know what a crazy crazy thing so uh what do you think the outcome of the fork is going to be um bch and barring some kind of un i can't imagine uh any other scenario so bchn is going to uh, dominate um we need uh for all the exchanges to just completely ignore abc would be best um hopefully you know without the help of roger who's kind of like the insider that made them remotely credible um mm -hmm. and bitmain like there's no there are no big players i guess besides abc themselves to the extent that they have some street cred at this point um, there's nobody to vouch for them on any exchange, so hopefully they are just, you know, completely wiped from any economic activity, um, and uh, getting them off of the you know top 100 of coin market cap would make them just basically be completely invisible. And to the ones who might want to speculate, hopefully, you know, they wouldn't even be on any exchange for them to speculate on anyway. So. Um, so I'm already getting emails from some exchanges saying things like, uh, yeah, we're not guaranteeing that we're going to list this coin or that you would even get those coins. So yeah, Trezor, uh, Trezor announced that they're not going to support anything unless something really big happens after the fork that they're, they're not supporting ABC, I think. So, yeah. So, um, so I think that uh, it's BCHN. As far as what will happen after the first year, I don't know, but it's not going to be good. It's definitely not something you'd count on, like like even remotely close to Bitcoin, to say, "Hey, this coin's going to be around for two years." Um, <laughs> I'd be really be scared if I was about it. Yeah, well, you, there's just no reason to expect that it's going to become valuable at all. It's, um, I mean, I, there's no reason to expect why any shitcoin is going to become valuable. But um, I think maybe one of the biggest takeaways for this shitcoin insider show for your audience is um to just systematically expose how bad some of some of these listeners hedges maybe some people you know they love bitcoin but then they hold these like dirty secret little hedges and you need to sell these quote unquote hedges they're garbage get rid of it there's no like well, hedge should be cold i keep one percent bch because you never know like no you do know it's really <laughs> really really obvious like you don't have to hold any bch or any of these things um but if there's anything that you could take away from from listening to this nonsense it's like you better not be trying to head it's it's really really obviously bad um do you think any of these will pump in the bull market we're going into and you never can know you never can know because that's just up to individuals true being true. you know the biggest thing that allows them to possibly pump have nothing to do with the coins themselves yeah. the things that allow them to pump is just the fact that uh, as bitcoin moons um eyeballs go onto that coin market cap chart and start saying well what else might moon? And then you get people <laughs> buying like the top five coins, the top 10 coins, the top 20 coins. You know, you get people speculating on those top coins. And so um, in a big enough bull market, the thinner uh, books of the the lower down, you know, past the only coin that actually matters 
uh, they start to get a little bit more action than usual, and that can create some 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 hype and some activity. But um, because most of those things essentially have horrible monetary properties and you know bad inflation or pre mines, you know the teams just dump into whatever volume is there, or or the chains themselves are just so trash that it doesn't matter. Um, you know, it's it's not a popularity contest in crypto. Nothing has a right to exist. These are uh, networks uh, running on people's computers. And it doesn't matter how many people pick something as a winner. Um, if the incentives are bad, you're going to lose your money because either the network's going to stop or it's going to be designed in such a way where somebody gets to keep your money other than you. Um, so, And you don't want to be on those. You don't want to participate in those. And I, I guess, I guess you know, at the end of the day, like it's pretty clear, micro strategy is not going to be holding any Bitcoin Cash or Bitcoin SV on its treasury. <laughs> yeah, that's just, and I and I hate that Grayscale even flirts with those things. I mean, they just they're for profit, but it's just gross, you know. And a lot of people think that um, to my to what I was saying about you know Bitcoin mooning does create some economic activity for other for shit. Um, a lot of people think that's going to scale it in terms of like if Bitcoin goes up, you know, 10x, their stupid little shitcoin is guaranteed to go up at least 10x and maybe more. Um, and to the extent that the books were super thin, you can see mm-hmm. like crazy volatility, obviously, on these worthless little assets. But to think that they're going to sustain any kind of real value over any longer period of time is completely delusional because the thin books goes both ways. And in the end of the day, anybody buying those things doesn't want those things. They want whatever money it is that they value, whether they be Bitcoin, gold, or the dollar. Um, they're not valuing, you know, they don't actually want a bunch of whatever shitcoin they're buying. They want more they want, of whatever money they, they want. They want the hope, they, like. they pray that they can get more Bitcoin out of it. That's what Yeah. So, yeah. so you know, the, the, that extreme volatility works both ways. And since everybody wants something else for that coin, you know, it'll trend down forever, uh, ultimately. But, um you know, if you look at something like penny stock markets, um, none of the, you know, valuations, like, like so I heard somebody today in a group uh, say something like, well, uh, you know, somebody said, do you really think this coin will be 50x in the future? They said, yeah, sure. But but in that future, though, Bitcoin's going to be, you know, at least 20x and or, you know, Bitcoin will be valued at like, at, you know, so many trillion dollars and Ethereum will be valued at so many trillion dollars. And then so this coin, which now is basically like, you know, this little 10 million mark cap shit coin that you're asking me about, like this coin will be worth, you know, $50 billion. That won't be a big deal. It'll be nothing for this. So yeah, it'll be worth, <laughs> you know, hundred X. But the thing is like, no, that's not how, it's not how it's going to work. Like the little shitty shit coins, they don't all just go, Oh, Bitcoin's worth trillions of dollars. So of course, all of our little shit coins are going to be worth billions of dollars. Like are all the little penny stocks worth billions of dollars? No, they're not. We already know what a market like that looks like. It's not like there's like extra money. Some magic sauce that applies to crypto that doesn't apply to meaningless stocks that are just super low liquidity. Yeah, we actually see this like Bitcoin SV um, is that their their quote unquote dollar price has been almost stable since, you know, early October. But the price in relation to Bitcoin is just falling because Bitcoin is going up and they are not moving. I mean, imagine thinking that the stock, imagine thinking that um, just general increase of stock of, of, of Tesla price was going to mean that your favorite penny stock shit pharmaceutical 
uh, lottery play was also going to follow. Like, <laughs> it's it's not going to happen. And and the more that that's Bitcoin, how it works. Yeah. That's how the stock market works. <laughs> Is Tesla always always takes some of their money and invests it in the the just the crappiest of the crap? Like they just that's just how the distribution works, man. They don't don't you understand? They did a hard fork, and there is a tax on all the larger stocks, so that it goes to the crappy stocks. That's how that works. And in many ways, these little shit coins are worse than whatever little penny stock because the little penny stock represents at least some kind of hopefully some kind of company out there that that you're buying equity in and that if it became big, you would have some ownership of. But yeah. with a little shit coin, like you don't get any equity. You don't get anything. You know, in many cases, you're literally just funding development and hoping that other people decide to speculate on the coin to bring the price up. Like you're not getting any like legal ownership of anything. You're not getting any, uh, I mean, by anything, I mean like equity. You're not getting any promise of profits. You're not, you're just buying a little, a little placeholder, uh, nothing. You're buying somebody else's seashells. Um, you know, at yeah. least in the penny stock situation, you know, the company might own uh, some computer in some doofus's garage. <laughs> yeah. Somewhere. Yeah, and you know, if everything goes to shit, you can at least get your you could get your portion of the computer. Like, <laughs> you know, maybe it's a Mac Pro, you know, maybe they got a lot of really nice computer and you can get like 20 cent or a, a dollar or so out of that with your shares. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, so I mean, you know, these guys that think that uh their little shit coins are gonna follow Bitcoin all the way up, you know, or at least or even any on any kind of ratio, you can throw any kind of ratio out the window, you know. Um, you're not promised anything on these shit coins. Uh, yeah, you might get some more volatility. You might get some uh, interim pumps as uh, more money than usual is pumped into your little whatever shit coin that you're buying. But that money is not there to stay. That money is there to try to get more money. And when they see they can't or when they do, they'll take it. And anybody left holding a bag is just out of luck. Yep. So. so the takeaway, so the great lesson of today's shitcoin insider is buy all the bitcoin forks because they're going to make you rich <laughs> <laughs> yeah all right let's close this one here um dude thank you for joining me again um, we'll uh, do this uh, hopefully there won't be such a large span between it because i still want to get into a lot of stuff there's some fun shit that i want to get into uh, about ripple with you and i know there's some other people we can talk to on that one uh hopefully we'll have some other guests on the show uh, with the two of us and uh, and some fun file coin disaster to, to maybe get into. So uh, maybe maybe we'll have our uh, listeners decide which one we're going to do next. We'll see. Sounds uh, great, man. Yeah, man. Appreciate, appreciate you coming on. Uh, good talk as always. Mm, love to smell that shit. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Later. Later, man. So... After, just after we did this, um, uh, Null C, who is um, Gregory Maxwell on Reddit, if you did not know, but uh, he has posted um, that uh, there has been a major development in the BSV space because the multi-sig system that they use, the base layer consensus level multi-sig, provides no security at all. And eventually, all the coins go poof. Um, and uh, so this is a Reddit post. I'm just going to read it and just kind of explain what it means. 
just uh, just because I feel like this is so potently relevant, and it happened at the exact same time that I could not resist adding this into the episode. So, quote, A while back, BSV ripped out P2SH, which is pay-to-script hash, from their consensus rules. This is something that was in Bitcoin, no longer is in Bitcoin SV. This left them in a situation where they had to homebrew their own multi-sig crypto. The solution in Electrum SV, and presumably elsewhere, is something they call Accumulator Multisig, which is just a script that looks like a P2PKH, pay-to-public-key hash, but then adds up the number of passes and compares them to a threshold. I guess they use key hashes instead of pub keys, because without P2SH, these scripts become obnoxiously large fast, so every byte saved counts. It appears to me that their genius script used a greater than or equal rather than a less than or equal for its final comparison, probably due to the author's confusion about the ordering of elements on the stack. The result is that these scripts had no security at all and could just be spent by a script sig that pushes a couple of zeros. Because the only sane usage is when you provide exactly the threshold number of signatures, why would you waste fees providing too many signatures, they presumably only ever tested the or equals path and didn't notice that it didn't work with too many signatures as intended, but did work with too few signatures, such as none at all. Edit 1, user Zectro points out that below that the fraud himself made essentially the same error in his tutorial. And then edit 2, according to the Electrum SV author, the insecure script came from a document apparently written by Andy and Shaders at InChain. So of course, zillions of BSV had been taken. Even though there was nothing of value lost here, there are probably a few lessons to extract from this. Custom Bitcoin scripts are custom cryptographic protocols and require all the same care as the design of other custom cryptography. You probably don't want to use scripts authored by people gullible enough to be victims of obvious scams, nor by people scummy enough to be conspirators in them. Assuming the flaw was accidental, the error could have been avoided with even the most basic testing or review. For example, a simple script fuzzer or a moderate effort at writing test cases. A standard condition decision branch coverage analysis would show that the greater than part of the script was never exercised by test vectors. Similarly, trivial mutation testing on the script would show that an inadequate set of tests still passed with the script mutated to a less than, proving the gross inadequacy of the testing coverage. I can't, however, even find any evidence that organized tests or test vectors for this script itself exist at all. The only test appears to be a simple check that the expected wrong script gets generated for a particular set of inputs. Finally, this situation would have been avoided entirely had BSV not ripped out the competent, time-tested, and highly peer-reviewed mechanisms for multisig by Bitcoin in favor of far less efficient homebrew crypto. Yet again, we see that bamboozlement and competence are not good bedfellows. Leave it to BSV to make the YOLO incompetence of ETHLAND look comparatively reasonable. Kind of makes you wonder what amazing bugs are lurking in their node software or wallets. I can say for sure, I'm not going to run any of it and risk finding out. So what does this mean? He's basically explaining that the multisig that uh, spent years to develop and was soft fork into Bitcoin and was tested 
unbelievably thorough and was made to save tons of space in uh, having to post pub keys with uh, signatures and uh, to really like simplify and secure the multi-sig setup in Bitcoin, the one that is widely in use today. Um, and uh, I highly recommend, you know, everybody use a multi-sig, uh, was recklessly and poorly ripped out uh, of Bit- Bitcoin SV, I guess just in general vengeance of just like, um, we're going to get back at those stupid Bitcoiners by taking out uh, these uh, this great code that they've put into the system. And they took it out and they homebrewed, they, they duct taped together their own version of it and clearly did not test the three basic cases in which it would either work or either fail. Uh, because of the order of script in the stack, um, they used uh, the, it's kind of counterintuitive, and they used a greater than instead of a less than script or operator, whatever you want to call it, for the final check, essentially the final comparison against what was signed versus what is required, and in doing so, made it so that if you signed the a transaction that's supposed to be locked by two keys, three keys, five keys, whatever it is, that you could unlock it with zero keys. That you could have a signature that was basically just blank. You just filled the spot and it fulfilled transaction requirements. So as soon as you send your BSV to a multi-sig, it can basically be stolen by anyone who broadcasts a transaction. And subsequently, tons of people have lost their BSV behind multi-sig because it's not behind anything. Anyone can just take the coins. And again, as Noel C. points out in this post, if they had simply tested the too few signatures, tested the exact number of signatures, and then tested the too many signatures scenario, or the more than uh, two or more than the threshold signature scenario, if they had just tested all three, this would have been obvious. But they published and implemented code that they literally did not even test the three basic default paths, much less any outliers or odd scenarios. So remember, folks, don't play with shitcoins. I would like to thank the Insider for returning to the show and uh, uh, thank everybody for listening to the second episode of Shitcoin Insider, staying up to date on all the goings-on in the shitcoin universe We dig through all the crap so that you don't have to. I'll catch you on the next one. Don't forget to hit me up on Twitter. Let me know what you want to hear on the next show, what you want us to talk about. We got some great ideas lined up, uh, but we also love to hear from all of you guys. And share this out with everybody you know in Bitcoin and crypto, because if you can save one life, it'll be worth it. Save that friend from getting wrecked. Save all the sad little noobs who were told, insisted, that they had found Satoshi's true, true vision, and instead find out that they are holding nothing but a big, stinking pile of manure. Send them to Shitcoin Insider, and we will reveal the truth. (laughs) Alright guys, I'm Guy Zwan, and we will catch you on the next episode. Until then, take it easy. This podcast is part of the C-Suite Radio Network, turning the volume up on business.